0: I'm <laughs> Good morning. This is Rick Pina and I'm bringing you today's word for October 23rd, 2020. I'm teaching a series entitled Greater Is Coming. I want you to know that. I want you to believe that. I want you to get this down in your heart that, that greater is coming for you. Not because of you. Not because you're so smart. Not because you're so good. Not because you do everything right. No, 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 no. Because God made plans for you from the foundations of the world. And as you submit to God's kingdom plans and purposes, as you die to self and yield to him, Greater is coming for you. God's plans will unfold right before your very eyes. So I've been teaching this series for a while. This is part 53. Greater is coming, part 53. The title of today's message is The Danger of Being Out of Position. I'm going to talk about how as a believer the greatest place to be is being in a line, uh, submitted to, in position, in harmony with God's will for your life. But there's a danger when you place yourself out of position. There's a danger in being misaligned with God's purpose. Let's talk about it. So I'm covering today 1 Samuel chapter 27 verses 5 through 12. 1 Samuel chapter 27 verses 5 through 12. Let's go. Yesterday, I told you that David got tired right? He got tired of life on the run. I told you that he made a mistake. So we're going to flow in that same vein today, but he just got tired. He got tired of of just being on the run and David and Saul coming after him over and over again. And in his tiredness, which is why we all need rest. He made a mistake. He made a bad decision. He made a poor choice. He said, you know what? Forget it. He said he started seeing himself as a failure. He was like, man, one day Saul's going to get me. He's going to kill me. The only way I can get out of this is if I just go live with the Philistines, because if I go live with the Philistines, then Saul won't go after me. And so he made that decision. It wasn't God. It was outside of the will of God. And David left. He went over to talk to the king of Gath. Uh, king Achish. And he talked to Akish and he was like, look, man, uh, if you don't mind, I just, you know, I've been having all these issues with Saul and this has been going on for a while. Can I move in? And he was like, all right, fine. And so the king was like, yes, yes, this dude is an Israelite. He's the son of Saul. Yeah, come on, live with us. And so he saw it as a good thing because uh, obviously Saul was his enemy. And so he says, come on, matter of fact, you guys can move into the royal city. And so David moves in with his two wives and his family and 600 men and their wives, and they all move into the royal city. Now, when you're out of position, then bad things happen, right? So then it wasn't long before David was not no longer comfortable being in the royal city because he realized, man, for me to be here, I'm going to have to do some stuff that's shady. (laughs) For me to be here, I'm going to have to do some stuff that's against the king, Achish, and so I don't want to be right in the royal city so he could see me. So he goes to the king and says, excuse me, sir, if it's okay with you, I would rather live in one of the country towns instead of living here in the royal city. And the king was like, okay, if you want to go live in the suburbs, go ahead. And so where do you want to go? He was like, I want to go to Ziklag. And he's like, all right, we'll go to Ziklag. So David took his wives and his men and they moved to Ziklag. And so while he was there, they lived there for about 16 months. And while they were there, they, they had to do something because they were mighty men. They were warriors. So they went out to do battle, right? And they went out to, to bring back the spoils and all of that. But the, here's the problem, though. They was like, now I'm, they're living with the enemy. And so they're like, oh, man, what are we going to do? Because if we fight the people that these people want to fight, that's our people, the Israelites. And, and they was like, I don't want to fight them. But then I can't really just go fight. These guys, the enemy of the people that I'm living with, because then they're going to find out. So once you're out of position, you put yourself in a bad situation. And so there was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. He went and he spent time raiding the Gershishites and the Gerzites and the Amalekites. Now, these were people who lived near, the Bible says, the area known as Shur. This was towards the land of Egypt. Now, the problem is that the people that David was fighting against were hardcore enemies of Israel. So David was cool with it. But these guys were allies with the people that he was living with now. So so man, so they were sworn enemies of Israel, so David was like, yeah, cool, I can go fight them, but then the people that are around me in Ziklag, they can't find out about it. So what David did was him and his men as they went out, they they would kill everybody. Whenever they went out and they fought against these people, they killed everybody. The Bible says that they did not leave one person alive in the villages that they attacked. They even The Bible even says that they came back and they brought sheep and goats and cattle and donkey and camels and even clothes. I mean, they took everything and they would bring it back and they would bring back the spoils and they would go to King Achish and say, look, sir, look what we brought back. And of course they had to give the king a part of the spoils for living in this land of Ziklag. And so now David is basically... You know, perpetrating a fraud. He's living a lie. So, so whenever the king would say, "Well, hey, who did you go out and raid today?" It was like, "Man, this is awesome. David is out here just going and, and killing Israelites, right? Who did you go raid today?" David would say, "Well," knowing that he couldn't say who he killed, he couldn't say, "I killed the Gershishites or the Gershites or the Amalekites," because these these were friends of King Achish. So he would say, "Oh, sir, today I I attacked the south of Judah," or. Uh, today, I went out against the Jeromelites or the Kenites. So basically he was saying, yes, I'm attacking Saul's people. I'm attacking the Israelites. David was lying. He was lying to the king. And um, that's messed up. I mean, here now David is acting shady. He's, he's no better than a common liar, right? He's basically a criminal and he's doing this. He's lying to the king and his lies are going unchallenged. You know why? Because there's nobody left alive. Well, that's why he killed everybody. There wasn't anybody left that could come back to King Achish and say, look at what David did. So now David continued to live a lie like this for 16 months. King Achish believed what David was saying. And then watch this. He thought to himself, the Bible says that he thought to himself, man, by now the people of Israel have to hate David. David is living with the enemy with me? David is killing his own people? Man, David is never going to be able to go back to Israel. This is a great arrangement for me. David is going to have to serve me forever. He's going to keep bringing back the spoils, and he's destroying his own people, and he's happy about it. Now, Achish didn't know that David was lying. So now, this is a, a jacked up situation. Here, on the one hand, you have David lying to the king. On the other hand, you have the king that is only helping David because he has ulterior motives. He's like, yeah, I'll give you some land in Ziklag. You can live there for free, just as long as you keep bringing me some stuff and keep killing the Israelites. So now this is a terrible situation. You have David out of place. You have King Achish out of place. All of this stuff is messed up. And I'll stop here for today with the story, right? We'll pick it up from there on Monday. Now, David got himself into this mess because he made a decision out of frustration. So what does this mean for you today? On this Friday morning. You're like, man, Rick, this story is crazy. I didn't know all this about David. Wait a minute. Didn't you read this already? You know your Bible. You worked at Sunday school. You should know all of this. But anyway, I have four things to share with you on this Friday morning. As I get into these four things, I want you to open up your heart to receive. Four things. Number one, here we go. Decisions made in frustration often produce undesired outcomes. So listen, don't make decisions in frustration. Don't, don't do that. Don't allow yourself to make a decision when you're upset or you you are tired. Don't do it. Prior to moving to Gath, we've been studying the life of David. It's been amazing, right? David was walking with God. God was walking with him. David was doing the Lord's bidding. David was not perfect. He was not flawless, but at least he was trying to do what was right in God's sight. And because of that, God was blessing him, opening doors that no man can close, closing doors that no man can open. But once David allowed frustration, to get to him. He allowed the frustration of being on the run to get down in his heart. Then he made a critical mistake. He should have never moved to Philistine. He he made that decision. And then to make a bad situation worse, instead of just admitting, my my bad, I'm wrong. And this is what people who live in sin, it's like, they don't just want to admit my bad. Like I was raised better than this. Things were prophesied over my life. Even when I was a child, I'm trying to live out here, like, like I'm in the world but I'm not really, I'm not supposed to be here, you know, and you out there smoking weed or you out there drinking, you out there fornicating. And and the Holy Ghost the whole time is like, dude, what are you doing? And in your heart, you know, you're not even supposed to be there, but instead of just staying there, repent and come back home. God is always like, come back home. And, and, And David could have just came back home, but he didn't. See, your life is a grand sum total of your decisions. You are where you are today because of the decisions that you made yesterday and you will be where you will be tomorrow because of the decisions that you make today. So being led of God and making godly decisions is critical. You got to make decisions that align with your purpose. If you want to become the man, the woman that God called you to be. So the point here is that David was not perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect, but still while we all make mistakes, the Holy Spirit will point out the mistakes. And when he does, if you're quick to repent and then just, okay, my bad, And then repent and go back, then you're going to lessen the impact. You're still going to reap what you sow. If you do something bad, you're still going to have to deal with the repercussions of it, right? Sin is not going to unravel your righteousness, but it can unravel your life. I mean, so if you make dumb decisions, you're going to have to deal with the repercussions of those dumb decisions. But if you repent quickly, you're going to lessen the impact. David knew he was wrong, but he stayed where he was for 16 months. That's stupid. Don't let this be you. When you make a mistake, be quick to repent and go back home, be under the panoply of God's protection. You got it? Say amen to that. All right, number two, when you're out of position, you're going to feel the pressure to become someone that you're not. This is, this is why you shouldn't be out of position. Being in the right place is key to becoming the right person and doing the right things. See, when you're in the right place, you wind up surrounded by the right people, and then you're going to hear the right things and when you're pushed, you're going to be pushed in the right direction because you've surrounded yourself with people of like precious faith. But when you're out of position, like David was out of position, then you're going to be around the wrong people. You're going to hear the wrong things and you're going to have all kind of pressure on you to do stuff that's outside of your character. They're going to want you to, Hey man, do this. And you, you, get, you, you want to fit in. So you're like, okay, but in your heart, you know, you're not even supposed to be there. So stop, stop, just repent. Far too many believers allow themselves to experience failure after failure after failure because they put themselves in an environment in an environment that is not conducive to the will of God. Don't do that. You if you're surrounded with the wrong people, listen, you are going to be pushed in the wrong way. This is why the Bible calls us to holiness. This grace is not a license for sin. Yeah, God loves you despite your flaws, but that doesn't mean that you're supposed to stay that way. No, no. God calls us to be holy. God is still holy. Holiness means that I'm set apart. Holiness means that there's something different about me. Holiness means that, yeah, I, I might be in the world and around these people, but when it comes to doing certain things, they know Rick doesn't do that. Mm-mm. Don't even ask Rick. Rick don't do that. You know why? Because I'm a man of God. That's why. You know, you got, you're supposed to be different. You're, you're supposed to be light and salt. You can't impact the world if you live just like them. So, so look at me. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but don't tell me that you moved if I keep finding you at your old address. (laughs) If if I keep finding you at your old address, then you never moved in your heart. Then yeah, you're telling me that you moved, but you haven't moved. You keep going right back because you have conditioned yourself to live like the world. If you know that you're out of place this morning and you feel the pressure to be someone that you know you're not supposed to be, someone that you know deep down in your heart that you are not, then stop fighting it. Simply repent and come back in alignment with God's will. Don't stay in the wrong place when you know it's the wrong place, right? If you stay in the wrong place, when you know it's the wrong place, nothing good is going to come out of it. Now, I might sound like your parents this morning. I got it. But this is godly wisdom. Come on now. You know better than this. This is not who you are. God has called you. You got to be who God called you to be. David stayed in the wrong place and he wound up doing the wrong things. So you got to learn from David. Don't make that mistake. Come back to God. Embrace the grace to be holy, to be separate, and reject any pressure to be someone that you are not. You don't have to accept any pressure to live as somebody that you are not. God has called you to be whoever it is that he called you to be. And when you embrace the grace to be that person, to be the person that God called you to be, then, then you can align with his purpose and you will experience God's best. Number three. I got a lot to share with you this morning. Number three, bad things happen when you're not true to yourself or who God made you to be. Bad things are going to happen to you. Listen, I'm going to be clear about this. I'm not saying you're going to hell. I'm not saying you're going to lose your salvation. No, no, no. But sin can mess up your life, right? So in a couple of chapters from now where we are right now, we're going to see that David experienced the worst tragedy of his life. And this tragedy could have been avoided if David had just left but he didn't leave. See, David knew he was wrong. How do I know he knew he was wrong? Because he had to lie to the king. You're not supposed to be living like a liar. Come on, man. Are you kidding me? One of the worst things you could do is lie. David was a man of integrity before he went over there living in Philistine. And now he, he's over here lying. He's lying to the king. He's living a lie. And he did so for over a year. He lived a lie for over a year. Listen, the devil is a liar. In John 8 and 44, Jesus said that the devil is the father of lies. And when you believe a lie, you empower the liar. When you believe a lie, you position yourself to live outside of God's will. And you, you are actually living in alignment with Satan. David believed the lie. He lived as a liar and it almost ruined his life. So life is much, much easier when you know who you are, when you embrace your divine identity when you live in accordance with it, when you refuse to be somebody that you're not, I don't take any pressure to be somebody that I'm not. I, at the end of the day, this seems like common sense, but common sense is not that common. I know what I, what I who I am. I know how I'm supposed to live. And I, I feel zero, zero pressure to do something I'm not supposed to do. I feel zero pressure. You know why? Because I know who I am. But if you accept a lie and you start living as a liar, you're going to be trying to be a sinner when you know you're not. <laughs> so stop perpetrating a fraud and just be the man that God called you to be, the woman that God called you to be. Amen. All right, number 4 and finally. I know I know this is probably not the the rah-rah message that you wanted on a Friday morning, but this is serious. This is this is real talk right here. This is serious business. We need to hear this. Last point for today. When you are out of position, you are left to try to make things happen without God. You when you're out of position, then you're doing life on your own. God is not on you, in you, with you, for you. Nope. You're trying to make stuff happen by the sweat of your brow. You're trying to make stuff happen on your own. You're not designed. Look at me. You were not designed to live your life without God. You were not. So having to make everything happen on your own, having to earn everything by the sweat of your brow, that's part of the curse. Go back to Genesis Genesis chapter three. When, When Adam and Eve sinned, God cursed the serpent, the woman, and the man. As the curse to the man, God said, well, from now on, prior to this, Adam, I gave you everything. You didn't have to work for nothing. I gave you the land. I gave you power. I gave you authority. I gave you everything. I gave you the garden. I made sure the garden had a a supernatural irrigation system. Uh, The water, it was being fed with water. It has four streams. You lacked for nothing. I gave you everything. Guess what, Adam? From now on, you're going to have to do it on your own. That's the curse. The devil is a liar. And so now he, you have David living in, in Philistine, and he's trying to have to do everything on his own. He's, ha- he's trying to make things happen. He's living a lie. Before this, he had the blessing on his life. Saul couldn't kill him. No, nothing could happen to David. God was shielding and protecting David. God was blessing the work of his hands. But now he's outside of God's will. He's like, man, what do I gonna I'm gonna I have to live a lie. You have to try to make things, make everything happen on your own. That's the curse. Jesus delivered us from this curse, so don't live like that. Listen, I am not a self-made man. I'm a God-made man. I I will never try to say that I did all of this on my own. No, there are things that happen for me. Let, Let me just say this as I close: when you align with God's will, when you start making decisions that are led of the Holy Spirit, when you make decisions that are bathed in prayer, then. You're not living within the confines or the limits of your humanity. God will open doors for you that no man can close and close doors that no man can open and raise up people to use their power, their ability, their influence, and their money to help you in ways that you cannot help yourself. God will favor the work of your hands and God will bless you to the point where people have to acknowledge, man, there's something on him, there's something on her, and it's, it's beyond him, it's beyond her. They have to acknowledge that your success is supernatural. They have to acknowledge that that is you have wisdom that exceeds your experience and your education, <laughs> that, that there are things that happen for you that don't happen for them, and, and they're happening for you because God is with you. They would have, to acknowledge that the hand of God is on your life. I'm saying this thing is supernatural when you're aligned with God's will, but when you're not, and you're living like the world, and you're living in sin, and you don't repent, then you're trying to do life on your own, and that's stupid. That's dumb. Why would you do that? Why would you do that to yourself? Why would you live a life where you're trying to have to make everything happen on your own, where you have to live your life based on your own paycheck, where, where, you, where, where you have to earn everything that you get? Come on now, God can help you. I, I don't. My my paycheck is not my source. God is my source. My paycheck is seed. You know what I'm saying? I don't live by buying and selling. I be, I live by sowing and reaping. God blesses the work of my hands. God blesses me that in in ways that far exceed my power, my ability, my education, my strength, my experience. No, there's a super on this natural, and people acknowledge it. They go, man, there's something on Rick Pina. Yes, you know why? Because I'm aligned with God, and I refuse to live a lie or live like somebody that I'm not. So if that's you this morning, stop, repent, and come home. Say this as we close. Say, today I will repent of all sin and align myself with God's purpose, right? Yes, I know that I'm talking about something that people don't like to talk about today. People don't talk about sin no more. Like, I don't know why, (laughs) right? No, no. Sin is sin, and sin is going to jack up your life. So no, don't live as in sin when you know you're born again. Don't live outside of God's will. Make quality decisions. Let's let's close out this message with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and say this. Say, Father, I know that decisions made in haste or decisions birthed out of frustration are going to produce undesired outcomes. So I declare by faith that I give my decisions the thoughtfulness and the prayerfulness they deserve you lead me in all things and I make sound decisions. Now to do so, I renew my mind with your word. Your word gets down in my heart and it frames my thinking. I see myself the way you see me. I establish my identity in you. When I discover Jesus, I also discover my true self. So when I look in the mirror, I see what you see. I believe what you believe about me. I am who you say I am. Therefore, my life reflects that reality. I don't push, put myself in positions where I'm going to feel the pressure to be someone that I'm not. I don't even open those doors. I keep myself in a position where I'm free to be me, the me you call me to be, and I don't accept any pressure to be anyone else. This is why I can boldly declare that greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus name. Amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to todaysword.org and sign up and get the messages. Click on the subscribe button. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. So listen, I'm telling you, this is a message that we need to hear. Right? Maybe, maybe this wasn't what you expected this morning, but we need to be reminded that we can't live in sin and, and, and be surrounded by the wrong people and try to comply with the world and try to live like the world and seem like the world, be cool with the world, and then think we're going to be blessed. No, the devil is a liar. No, no, we're supposed to be God's children. People are supposed to see something in us that they don't have. And so, yeah, we got to live in accordance with his word, his will, his way, be led of his spirit in all things at all times. If this message has been a blessing to you, leave me some comments in the chat and then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline and with your friends. I love you. God loves you more. Have a great weekend. I'll see you on Monday. God bless you.